Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so thrilled to have Tom Nahila as our very special guest. As CFO of the Global Trust Project, Tom is responsible for establishing the financial framework and governance for the enterprise, the commercial integrity of its solutions, and for negotiating funding with its philanthropic global partners. It's an early early stage global and social enterprise startup that will deliver significant business and community impacts around trust based on driving actions focused on the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The mission is to define and solve the problem, how do we define, build, scale, and measure trust? Tom spent 25 years in finance and sales operations within the professional services, staffing, telecom, and business information industries. His passion is in building high-performing and world-class finance teams and leading organizations in the execution of technology and business transformations, restructuring, as well as the delivery of innovative and sustainable cross-functional process improvements. He also donates his time as a board member to the New Jersey-based Embrace Kids Foundation, which exists to lighten the burden, maintain normalcy, and improve the quality of life for families whose children are facing cancer, sickle cell, and other serious health challenges. He earned his bachelor's degree in business administration and religion from Rutgers University and his finance or his MBA in finance and international business from Seton Hall University. Tom, we're thrilled to have you join us today. We always like to start our podcast by asking you what you do when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking. Well, thank you, Kelly. Uh, it's it's a, a pleasure to be here. And you know, the, the, the best way to describe how I push myself is um, whatever venture is out there. And you know, over the past couple of years, I've I've learned to love yoga, to meditate. Um, I also have a high school across the street from from where I currently live, and I like to run stairs. And you know, when I describe to people, why would you want to run stairs? And you know, they say to me, or I say to them, you know, it's a challenge. It's something I never did before, and it's helped me to not only to, to build my physical capacity, my mental capacity as well, because it's so different. And, you know, I see a lot of students, you know, around the the stadium and they look at me and they say, what the hell is this guy doing? And because it's different, because most people don't run stairs, but it's, it's one of those things I love to do because uh, it makes me feel different and it makes me grow. And while I do it, I, I happen to take in the beauty of the, uh, the surrounding, all the area around the high school. So it's, 
uh, it's been an interesting it's been an interesting path forward. Thank you, thank you, Tom, for being the first and perhaps could be only guest that pushes himself by running stairs. <laughs> so I love that. What? But what got you? I want to ask you about stairs and meditation because talk about two kind of same, 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 but different as, as the quote in, in, Viet, in Vietnam is same, same, but different. What, what propelled you to run the stairs? You could have said, I'm going to do pushups or, or squats or something like that. But what about the stairs was the, was the, um, the allure of running stairs? Yeah. You know, um, in one respect, I'm going to say that I'm a runner, but I'm, I'm not really a runner, you know, since, since grad school, and if I go back to, to one particular week in grad school, one of my roommates said to me, and this is on a Tuesday, you know, what are you doing on Saturday? And I said, nothing. What you have in mind? Do you want to run a five-mile race? And I said, sure. Right? And when you're, you know, 20, 21, 22, you could do anything. <laughs> so I ran the race, and the race is, is a five-mile run on the Jersey Shore in a town called Spring Lake. And it's one of the most popular runs in the country. I think there's upwards of 10, 11, 12,000 runners during the race. And I'm proud to say that I've been running that race with the exception of the last two years because of COVID since grad school. So I think it was 36 runs in a row. And I'll also say, you know, I'll go back to the fact that I don't enjoy running and I don't enjoy practicing running to run. And mm. whether this is good, bad, or indifferent, but I, I made it a point to to run, continue to run those races without really training. So I said to myself, if I could run five miles without training, I could probably run stairs without training. And to be honest, it was a bit of a little bit of a different challenge because the intensity was probably 10 times as what it was to run a race because mm-hmm. you're going up very quickly. Your heart rate goes from 50, 60 to up to 120, 130 very quickly. So you feel it in your body and you feel it in your chest and you feel it in your legs, but it was, it was different. And it, you know, it comes back to how many people do you see yourself running stairs at a local high school or college? Not many. So I wanted yeah. to give it a go. And um, it's been a great experience in terms of it's gotten me in shape very, very quickly. And it all takes is one step at a time. I like that you said it's one step at a time. And I appreciate that you're so honest with saying, I really don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like running. I've heard this from a few runners. Like, I don't like it, but I like the result of it. And so how do you on the days, because we we discussed earlier that Tom lives in Jersey, so it's not like perfect weather every day. So how do you, how do you motivate yourself to do it when it's the weather's not nice? Like how, what's that, what's that triggering you? They're like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Well, you know, a a lot of it comes down to, and and you're right, you know, the the weather, especially now uh, varies from a couple of weeks ago, very nice, sunny, like summer days in the mid eighties to it happens to be, it feels like a spring day here in New Jersey today. It's it's in the low to mid-60s, very still. Um, most of the leaves are turning from green to orange, red, and yellow, but it's a beautiful day. Um, to answer your question specifically, it, it it's, it's all about getting out there mm. and making the decision to start. And mm. it could be 
I want to get out there and go for a short bike ride, or I want to go for a walk around the track, or I'll, I'll do the stairs even on a, on a cold day. But it's a matter of motivating myself to continue, to continue to build in what I started, because I know the benefits when you get out there and you continue to push yourself. You feel better physically, and you feel better mentally, and you could be more productive and more engaging with people, friends, and family. So it, it has many, many benefits. But to, to be very specific to your question, it starts with starting or continuing. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Because, yeah. you know, put one, one foot in front of the other. That's all it takes. And um, you'll be amazed how far you could go. I, I We've heard on this podcast before uh, people talking about just do something, just a little start, just even walking around the block just getting up and making the one phone call. If you're, if you're a salesperson, you have to do a a cold call or something like that. That one thing, just start doing it. Um, and you also included the long-term benefits. So even if the short term, you're like, it's not the best, but the long term is, is great. Is that Tom, how you started is meditation, a relatively new thing that you're doing. Have you been doing meditation a lot? No, you know, probably it started over the last maybe year, year and a half. And I have okay. a very good friend of mine in London who also spent uh, a number of years in a corporate environment. He made a decision about four or five years ago to to pause. He spent a month in Thailand uh, learning from some masters. And um, not to say that he used me as as a guinea pig, but as a student of what he learned. So I said, sure, Steve, uh, I'll take it on. And, you know, he shared with, with me some meditation, some deep breathing. We got into some basic yoga. Um, and I found it very helpful because it showed me a very different way of looking at my body, life in general. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't all about that corporate environment, that competitive, controlling, just get it done um, it gave me time to think and gave me time to pause and reflect on what really matters in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not all about the nine to five or the nine to six or the nine to eight every day. It's what matters is to be thankful for what you have, to be grateful, um, to be healthy, um, to continue that, um, to share your learnings with friends and family and and smile a lot. So mm-hmm. um, it, it really helped me to put myself in a different perspective and see the world much differently. What a beautiful compliment to the physicalness that you've been doing for so long. And then now you have that, that mental balance too, to, as you're running the steps and go home and meditate and, and do the breathing exercises. And what a beautiful compliment in your, in your life. It sounds like. It, it, it has been. And to be perfectly candid for most of my life, I've been a very much um, a head person, mm. right? And um, it it's it it always hasn't gone hand in hand with my heart, my feelings, my emotions, my relationship, and you know that that's been a bit of a struggle because I got I got way or overly consumed with the competition aspect and getting it done and driving results and focusing on the outcome, not necessarily how to do that and in partnership with whom, right? It was a matter of you get it done and you get it done now. And mm-hmm. being an East Coaster, 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. It, it, it mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with the territory here. Yep. The environment encourages it. We were talking about this earlier before we started recording about let's get stuff done. And it's the East Coast mentality of get it done now or it should have been done yesterday. Yep. Uh, what time then? Let's get to the big question of what decision did you make in your life that changed the trajectory? And what are some of those charge qualities that you use to help you make that decision? Yeah, good good question. You know, there there was a couple things that occurred probably around three or four years ago. And, you know, the first one, and this is a big one, uh, my wife and I got divorced. Mm. And, you know, was it a surprise? Not necessarily. But as someone who has always been focused on, um, I have a motto that there's no problem that is not solvable. Mm. But this one was. And, you know, it got to the point where I eroded our relationship because I was so ultimately focused on working, going to work, the commute, whether the commute was in New York City. And some of the commuting that I did over the last couple of years was back and forth between New Jersey and California. A lot of time away from my wife, my boys, my family. um, And I put too much of a burden on her. And, you know, at the same time, the relationship that I had with my boys wasn't what I wanted it to be. When I typically got home from work, I was very short. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually, instead of listening and spending time with them and enjoying their good, bad, or indifferent points of the day, I moved to, sorry, guys, I got to get ready for tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Right. And my cycle was I get home at night at eight o'clock, I grab something to eat, I get my clothes ready for the next morning. Good night. And it wasn't until the weekend that I finally saw them. But, but at that time, I missed the moments. I missed the mm-hmm. moments to, to give up myself, to, um, to lend an ear, to give them some help and guidance and really be there for, for each other. So that was probably the most um, pressing event that occurred. Yeah. And, you know, I, I said to myself, OK, you got to get on with this. You got to get on with life. Um, it's behind you. But you also have to think about what's important in mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And the, the job, the work, the professional career wasn't the most important thing. And it took time for me to realize that through the reflection. And a lot of this goes back to yoga and the meditation and the deep breathing. And, you know, you start to think about, wait a minute, right? Um, life is more important than a career. And, you know, making money, sure, you need to make money to enable you to live. But at the same time, it can't be one. It may not be two. It may not be three. It's somewhere in the top 10. Mm -hmm. But it's it's life, it's health, it's friends, it's family. It's all the things that really matter. And Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to say that a career doesn't matter. But in the grand scheme, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. So it's it took me some time to to really internalize that, and and I spent a lot of time reflecting on, um, you know, aside from the work I do with the Global Trust Project, I have my own consulting firm. Um, what do I want to do with the rest of my life, and, mm-hmm. and how do I want to spend it? And more importantly, how do I want to show up mm-hmm. with my family and friends? And mm-hmm. I absolutely want to be there for them. And the challenges that they go through instead of not being there. I want to be an active father. 
and an active friend and a good listener. And that's taken some time. Um, thank you, Tom, for sharing, for sharing that because I think, and the divorce relatively recent then from it sounds. It's, it's about three years ago. Yes. Three years. Three years. So I think your story where very personal to you is not unique to a lot of people who go through what you went through. Like I have to, especially as men, Tom, I have to provide for the family. This is my role, right? I'm going to come home. I'm going to make the money. I'm going to do these kinds of things. Um, and then only later in life they go, Oh, maybe this wasn't as important or as like that, like you said, the number one thing. And so in this podcast, sometimes people talk about a decision that they made. And then sometimes it's a decision that was kind of, made for them. <laughs> and, and then it's how they reacted. And so you have, you seem to have come through with a very different view now. And so maybe like, how did you do that, Tom? Like, how did you get to the point where you're like, I'm going to be better from this versus you could get far worse, right? A lot of us have some traumatic things happen to us and we can't pull out of it. And so take us maybe back to that time and you kind of figuring out I want to kind of redo, ah, recharge, ah, um, recharge and right. How, how did you, how did you go through that process and kind of what helped you do that? So I think, you know, Carrie in, in general, a, a lot of it has to do with time. Mm. You know, all of a sudden you're, you're by yourself. So you have more time to think you have more time to journalize. And, and I did practice, um, writing down my thoughts on a daily basis. Um, but, you know, at the same time, a, a lot of it goes back to, to what we originally th- are talking about. It's it's meditating and, and giving yourself time to think or just be there and mm-hmm. um, feel your breath and let your mind go and pause mm-hmm. and pause and realize that, you know, I'm, I'm looking outside my my window and I see the beauty of the changing colors of a fall here in New Jersey. And I probably miss that. Mm-hmm. I, I probably really missed absorbing that and how beautiful it is. Um, but, but if I go back, a, a lot of it stems from growing up, being successful as a youth, being successful in college, in my corporate career. Um, but to be honest, I was very, very much a competitive individual. Mm. And there wasn't many things that I wasn't competitive in, whether it was athletics um, or performance reviews. You always want to be you know, at the top of the list and far exceeded um, or even, even driving around town. And to be honest, it, it got very difficult for me um, driving around the streets in towns of New Jersey, not being consumed with road rage because mm. I let it, I let it get to me because mm. I wasn't in control. Mm. And it really wasn't until again, the meditation, the breathing, the stress relief, really looking at myself and saying the way I was living didn't work anymore. Mm. Um, and when I got on the road, what I attempted to do was really think about how I was driving and not let it affect me. In fact, step back and people are going to speed. Let them speed. People are going to uh, cut in front of me. There's nothing I could do about it. The only thing I can do is control on how I react to it, right? 
So I, I made a concerted effort to let it go, not let it bother me. Um, am I perfect in that sense? No. Is it still work in progress? Absolutely. But it takes a commitment to realize that what I was doing before wasn't working. I have to reinvent myself through the small changes every day. And a lot of it goes back to running the stairs and one step in front of the other. Right. One pedal in front of the other. Yep. And it all takes time. But, you know, slowly but surely, I began to see a difference and people began to see a difference in me. Tom, you're showing up differently, right? You're speaking differently. You're more happy than you have been before. Um, but but again, it all comes back to you got to take the first step. Mm-hmm. Well, I think too that that feedback loop that you started to get then too, like oh, you seem different. You seem happier. You're like yes, it's, I'm doing it. Like it's hard sometimes to start that flywheel, but then all of a sudden you get, you're getting that feedback, you're doing it. And you're intentional that the fact that you were so intentional on, I have to let it go because that competitiveness is so rewarded, Tom, you've been so rewarded. The environment rewarded you, I would assume for so long because we like winners and it being competitive is what do we hear when leadership and you want to be aggressive and competitive and win and get things done. And so to turn that off is so hard. And I appreciate that you've described to us how you've done it. What, what are some of the relationships like that are different? If you don't mind sharing maybe with your sons or have people who have said, you seem different. Like how, how are those relationships now? Yes. In fact, um, I have three boys, son, men. Um, <laughs> my, my oldest is 26 my my middle son is 24. My youngest is 19. And he's a sophomore at uh, Coastal Carolina in South Carolina. But, you know, to answer your, to, to really get to your question, um, being there for them and helping them um, manage through their life, the good, the bad. Uh, my oldest son um, struggled a bit. He spent two years in college. Um, he always has been great with his hands in construction and repairs, and uh, he'll also get a chuckle out of this, but he'll agree in in damaging or demolition, you know, holding <laughs> as well as breaking things. Um, and it's it's taken some time, but, you know, he, he's worked for a number of general contractors in the construction industry, but he finally made a decision some time ago, um, I want to give this a shot myself. So we spend a lot of time talking about what it means to have your own business. How do you build a budget as a financial guy, right? Um, What's important, dad, right? Um, Mm. How do I brand myself? Is it word of mouth? Should I have a website? Should I post things on Facebook? Should I give out business cards, right? So we spend a lot of time together talking about how to, and in, in no means am I an expert, but what's most important, I'm there for him. Exactly. And I'm listening. And there's some days where I don't speak and other days that I do speak, but um, I'm giving him myself to help him maybe think different about what he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in many respects, it's the same for my my other two sons. I wasn't there. Now I'm there. And mm-hmm. whether it's, um, th- they're all three very different, but it's a matter of, Hopefully, I presented myself to them in a different way instead of being competitive dad 
who's willing to get into an argument and negotiate um, a restaurant bill or an amusement park bill in the amount of five dollars. Um, <laughs> old dad, right? New dude yeah. that is okay. Time to walk away. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right? Let's get on with having fun. I. I so love that you have like, it's just time. Like you said, like you get to be there for your, for your son starting his own business. Like how amazing is that, that you get to spend that time versus I don't have time. I'm commuting. I'm doing this and good luck. Right. And you get to actually spend that time with them. What it, that's so beautiful. Thank you. We, we talked about this this episode before before we recorded that this episode is going to be released right before Thanksgiving. So we joked with Tom that he can force all his um, his family to listen to it <laughs> over Turkey. <laughs> and here's my podcast. So I will ask now. I'm putting you totally on the spot. What advice? We always ask what advice you would give, but I'm going to get super personal because I know all three sons are going to listen. We're going to force them to. Um, what advice would you give them from all this that you've learned? What's the top advice that you want your sons to hear from you? You know, and, and we've we've had in many respects the same type uh, this type of conversation or thought process. Um, life is an adventure, or make it an adventure. And w- what I've learned is you you always need to be open to new things, whether it's running the stairs or biking. Um, or yoga, or breathing, or meditation, or journaling. Try something new every day. Make it a plan to go see something new every day, right? Look at the world differently every day, because it, it, it frankly, it changes, and you may see things differently than you never saw before. But be open to those possibilities that... Um, if if you stay in your in your house or you stay in your office and all you do is get your job done effectively, you'll be effective. But you know, I, I learned a lesson, and let me let me link this back to the world of corporate, right? As being a finance guy growing up my entire career, the biggest value that I got on how to be a better financial leader was not interfacing with finance team members. It was going out and spending time with people that were running the business, mm. whether it was sales executives or operational executives, or spending time with a, a technician installing telephony equipment, or getting into a factory environment, or a logistical center, or a warehouse, and really talking to people on what was important about their job and hearing the pride in their voice. It was those experiences that really helped me to understand. Got it. This is not just about the numbers. The numbers are a big part. But how can you connect all the dots and ensure that those stories of those individuals who are on the front line working to sell and service and support clients on a daily basis? That's how business is created. And that's how I could be a better financial leader. So, you know, my my learning is how can you apply that same perspective in seeing things every day that are a little bit differently, speaking with people that are a little bit differently, learn from their experiences, because we all see the world a little bit differently. And by by opening yourself up to those new learnings, you're going to see things that you never thought you could see before. 
What beautiful advice. I want to hashtag life as an adventure. View it that way. Do something new every day. And it was such a beautiful, such beautiful story you gave us. I'm sorry for the divorce. Like, I don't want to take that. I know that's a very painful time, Tom. So I don't want to say what a beautiful divorce, but, but you've come out of it so beautifully and you have so many beautiful lessons for your self, your friends, the world, and your sons. So I'd love to get Kelly's just thoughts on, it's so great with being intentional, the heart and the mind, the physical, the mental, the gratitude, speaking of the Thanksgiving, gratitude, beauty. What are your thoughts, Kelly, on what a story that Tom has shared with us? Well, the vulnerability of your story is what is most compelling and beautiful to me, Tom, because you, you always sent me, we, Tom and I, a bit of a backstory, we had the pleasure of working together with one another, myself in California and Tom on the East Coast. And when I went to onboarding and I did a few um, kind of group activities and met everyone in, in the East Coast, Tom set himself apart very differently because he wasn't your average typical finance person um, in the sense of being really focused on numbers, which is important. That's necessary in, in finance, of course. But it was about the experience and it was about really understanding what are we doing? Who are we serving? How are we helping? How are we removing the, um, the mystery of finance for the business? And how do we maximize and make the most of the, of the individuals who make up the organization? So I've always been really um, drawn to Tom because he has that um, same philosophy um, that Carrie, you and I do and so many um, business professionals do. But again, from a finance, you don't typically always see that. It's not maybe the first thing that you see. Um, so Tom, I'm always, you know, when I, when I think about what you shared, it's very compelling because one, divorce isn't something that's an anomaly for sure. So many people go through it. But to your, you were so, and Carrie said this eloquently, very intentional about how you approached your divorce and the steps you wanted to take to not make, I don't want to say mistakes, but th- take the same actions you were taking before and applying that to, you know, the relationships you were forging with your sons and your family and friends. If, is there advice that you have for someone who is thinking about or, or going through a divorce early stage that you would like to share about the, those first early days? Sure, sure. I, I think, you know, it, it really came down to, I think Kerry mentioned this earlier, right? As a, um, as a man, right? I believe that my role in life was to provide for the family and, you know, go to work, work hard, whatever it took to get done. And whether it's a, an hour and a half commute one way into New York City or flying across country, six hours to get to California, right? My focus was to start the day. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back on on what was important, right? I, I'd let work become too much of who I was. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that I would impart on, on folks that may be on the early stage of, of going through it, um, it's a relationship, it's a partnership. And it requires deep listening and being there for one another. And I'll admit, I I wasn't there for my ex. I wasn't there to listen to the challenges and issues she was dealing with on a daily basis. Um, That is probably the biggest piece 
or the biggest cause of um, what what separated us, right? We didn't have we didn't have a partnership. We didn't have a relationship because I again I viewed my role was to go to work, make money, allow the family to to live, to grow, to prosper in one sense, but not in the truest sense of the word, and that means um, the family being interconnected with one another, right? So as difficult as it was, you know, I had my priorities screwed up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I needed, and again, I'm not going to make that mistake again, right? It's a matter of everything in balance. Mm-hmm. Is work important? Yes. Is it the number one thing? No, right? Take care of your friends, take care of your family. Life is too damn short, you know, and, that, and that's a that's another example, and and maybe this is part of me aging a little bit, seeing friends and family members and individuals that are about the same age as I am passing away, right? And you pause, and you pause to yourself and say, no matter how healthy I am, um, you never know when things are going to cross your path and. Um, life goes from as beautiful as it can be to a dramatic change. So take advantage of every moment every day and really focus on the priorities, the priorities that matter. It's your family, it's your friends, it's the relationship and be there for one another. Now, again, it comes down to um, when you're engaged in a work activity knowing when to pause and stop um, and give the right appropriate time. But um, in some respects, you have to walk away and let go because at the end of the day, you know, I've learned a very difficult lesson that work is not the most important thing and it will never again be the most important thing in my life. It's the people that, that surround me, my f- friends and family and relationships. Wow. Again, thank you so much for being so so open and vulnerable and candid with us about the experiences that you've gone through. My dog, I apologize, Stone was barking. Um, I think in support of what you were saying there, uh, I thought, Tom. I, I again, I, I think you're, you're you champion a message of strength, of perseverance, of take one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I think sometimes those steps, those those even small reminders mean so much to us because we're all, whether you're going through divorce, um, leaving a relationship, you know, you know, getting a new job, leaving a job, those are some, I think, affirmations that we can all benefit from. And I have to say, I would imagine your mentor in yoga instruction, Steve, is probably quite proud of, of his student. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. Yes, he um, he has um, recognized the change, um, and he's very he's very supportive. He continues to to help me grow. Uh, in fact, we help each other grow in in a different context. But uh, you know, I have a number of great mentors, and, and surprisingly, in addition to Steve, I have two high school friends of mine. Um, one. I participate in her meditation session every Wednesday night. Her name is Susie. And then another good friend, Jeff, um, does chair yoga 
and I part- participate with him and a number of folks here in New Jersey on Sundays as well as Thursday mornings. So um, it was just interesting how my network, who I'd, I'd lost a little bit of touch with, have come back and helped me to reinvent myself and create the new Tom and the Tom that I'm looking forward to um, to living through over the next uh, over the next journey. Well, Tom, our myself, Carrie, our listeners are so fortunate um, to have heard your story. And again, I, I I recommend that anyone who is interested in connecting with Tom, please do so for the reasons that he's just described. He's been through obviously a, a tough time in life, um, but has has handled it, I think, extremely well and, and is continuing to persevere and process and, and motivate and manage um, himself so beautifully. So Tom, it's um, a pleasure to know you personally. Um, and for anyone who's interested in learning more about Tom, please know that you can check out the show notes for more information. Thank you, Tom, again, for joining our podcast and for sharing your beautiful story with us. Well, thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, it's been an honor to be a part of this. Um, um, as, as I w- was speaking, as you were asking me questions, it just made me reflect more and more um, on who I've become. And this is just the beginning of the journey, but uh, the beginning of a of much more effective, successful, and heartfelt journey. So thank you again. You're welcome. And in this month of gratitude, as it's uh, November is National Gratitude Month, we're grateful to you. Um, and again, happy Thanksgiving as this episode will be released just before Thanksgiving. Thanks again, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.